Well, hello, Dr. P. Hello, daughter P. I hope you are as excited to talk about today's video as I am. I am indeed, Tess. I think there's lots that we can talk about. Yes, I thought it was a super interesting TikTok. And shout out to Katie from Wales for sending that in. Excellent. Let's get to it. So the title of this TikTok was Health Secrets I Wasn't Able to Share Because of My NHS Contract. And then it said by a nurse of 14 years. I think the implication is that now she's left the NHS, she feels able to share these secrets. Is that what you took from it? Yeah, I definitely think the implication is a little bit leaning into the conspiracy theory of, oh, they don't want you to be healthy because then they'd be out of business. I wasn't allowed to give you this information. Now that I'm out, I can tell you all this stuff so that you don't have to come into the hospital. I thought it might be worth discussing for our listeners exactly what the NHS is. Yeah, so I remember it stands for the National Health Service, is that right? Correct. And I remember breaking a lot of bones as a child, roughhousing quite a lot with my brothers. So I remember being in the hospitals. It's essentially like free in Britain, or I guess you pay for it in your taxes, whereas in America, you pay private companies for your healthcare. Yes, that's that's basically it. Americans call the British way of doing things socialised medicine. That's not what British people call it. But the summary of it is that you pay for it without realising it because you pay for it in your taxes. You can use it as much as you need, hopefully, and never have to pay when you go to see the doctor. Don't have to pay if you go to hospital. Don't have to pay if you have an ambulance ride. Now, I will say the national health care system is not a perfect system and it doesn't really have enough money. So there are issues within that. You don't always get seen particularly quickly, especially if it's not a life-altering condition that you have. But that's the general difference between the two ways of doing it. In America, you are paying any time you have any treatment because healthcare is provided by companies that are trying to make a profit. In Britain, the government is providing healthcare via our taxes. So this statement, healthcare secrets I wasn't able to share because of my NHS contract, is very odd because it's absolutely in the British government's interest. If there are shortcuts to health, the government would want us to know about them because it would want us to be healthier so that the National Health Service would cost the government less money. So that's the first statement that's a bit of a, yeah, I don't really quite get that. Yeah, and what's actually quite interesting, and this is something I do anytime I have a video where I have a weird feeling about, I click through to their profile, because sometimes you can learn more about the validity of the source that way. And what was really interesting about this one was that this profile was just about 30 videos with different photos at the beginning saying, I got fired from the Dallas Medical Center. I got fired from the NHS. I lost my job at this hospital. And so they were basically using different photos of people and using the same tagline with a slightly different location for each video. I'm sure they are real nurses, but I also think that whoever's running this account, people post on their social media accounts, their personal ones all the time, not thinking that anybody's going to steal those photos. And Unfortunately, people do. That very well could be a nurse, but she might be an American nurse who now have now taken her photo and put this thing over the screen of, I was let go by the NHS, and that's actually nothing to do with this woman, if that makes sense. Yes, totally. So if anybody's interested and takes a look at this TikTok video, if you get the chance to Google search any of these images and find out that these people are not who they say they are, then we'd love to know that. Let's go to the first headline then in this TikTok video. Okay, yeah, so I think the first slide through was about energy drinks. It said something about energy drinks cause kidney failure. Yes, 
energy drinks increase the risk of kidney failure by up to 400%. So the things that jump out at me here are risk and by up to, because neither of those things is actually very definite. It doesn't say you will get kidney failure and it doesn't say the likelihood of you getting kidney failure is increased absolutely by 400%. Lots of vagueness there. Increase the risk by up to 400%. Well, if it increases the risk by 1%, you could still include that under the heading of by up to 400% because 1% is the number between 0 and 400. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So that's the first thing that when I look at a statement like this, I go, yeah, okay, that's very vague. But anyway, I ask Mrs. Google, I put in the following terms, daily, energy drink, kidney failure, and I put 400 in there. Keywords from the title. And guess what I found? A whole lot of nothing. (laughs) I did find a whole lot of nothing. I did learn that Red Bull has about 100 milligrams of caffeine per can, and that's perhaps the best known energy drink, where 400 milligrams per day is what people seem to think is a reasonable amount. You could reasonably consume up to 400 milligrams of caffeine every day, and the medical profession seems to be pretty comfortable with that. So that would be about four cans of Red Bull, or two cans of Red Bull and a couple of coffees, however you get your caffeine. So certainly not just one can of Red Bull. So when they say energy drinks increase risk of kidney failure about 4%, they are really saying energy drinks, parentheses, at least four Red Bulls. I think that would have to be where you'd start off with this. How many energy drinks? Is one fine? Is it 10? So it would seem to me that from just the caffeine point of view, a single Red Bull energy drink is not really going to be a problem. Okay. Now, the other thing I found out, apart from how much caffeine Red Bull has, is that it might not be the caffeine when people do have concerns about these energy drinks. It might actually be something called taurine, which is in some of these energy drinks. That's an amino acid, and that seems to mess about with the way the nervous system and the heart, for instance, can use calcium. And that could be pretty big deal. The brain and the heart are very dependent on having stable levels of calcium. However, it's a big jump from that to drinking energy drinks with taurine in causes or increases the risk of kidney failure by up to 400%. And I cannot find anything, anything that supports that. So kind of what we could take from this is like, yeah, a lot of caffeine per day probably isn't great for you, but we already knew that. Well, I think so. And not so much for the kidneys, but more for having palpitations or getting jitteriness, that kind of thing. So really, we can't find anything to actually back us up. For reference, they didn't provide any sources or anything, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. They did not provide any resources. Just to try and up the science in my search, I did a second search where I took out the word kidney and put in renal. So now I've got daily energy drink, renal failure, and 400. 400 because they said it increases the risk up to 400 times. And because the kidneys are part of the renal system, in science speak, by swapping out the word kidney for renal, I thought I might get to some slightly more scientific sources. And yes, I did. But again, I couldn't find anything that remotely supported this idea of daily energy drinks being a bad idea. I found the occasional resource that used words like, and I've written them down, so excuse me if it sounds like I'm reading, individual cases of renal failure may be worsened by excessive usage or excessive usage of daily energy drinks may contribute to kidney problems in individual cases. 
which is definitely not what that headline statement was saying. Does it say what's considered excessive usage? Not really. No. It was very hard to get a handle on what they considered to be excessive usage. But ultimately, what they were really saying was that if you were somebody who was already having problems with your kidneys and you happen to have a big Red Bull daily habit, then it might, might worsen your kidney failure was really what these papers were saying. But it was absolutely talking about individuals who almost certainly had some other ill health already going on. Okay, so there's really nothing to support this claim that they increase risk of kidney failure by up to 400%. So this person made four claims, so I would say nothing proven for that first claim, so they're at zero for four right now. Does that seem fair? Uh, That seems absolutely fair. Okay, that's going to be our grading system. So right now they've got a zero to four, they've got an F. Let's move on to the second one. So the second one says, heart disease is the leading cause of fatalities. This will greatly reduce your risk. And it's a photo of omega three, six, and nine. When you look at this statement, Tess, I see two pieces of information in here. What do you see? Uh, one, I would say the first part is like heart disease is the leading cause of fatalities. And then the second part about this specifically will reduce your risk, which is the the product. So I think we need to prove that yes, it is the leading cause of fatalities and then move on to, okay, so then does this actually reduce your risk? That's exactly the approach I would take. So I think, first of all, we're going to search number one cause death globally. I could have put in number one cause death America, number one cause death UK, but I decided to go straight for the world. And I have to say, I was surprised. I thought off the top of my head, uh, ooh, I think malaria might kill more people than anything else in the world because an awful lot of people get malaria. So I will admit that it's a good job that I googled this because I was wrong. And heart disease is indeed leading cause of deaths across the world every year. Apparently, one third of all deaths every year are caused by heart disease. And as always, when I give a definitive statement like this, I will post a link to that in our show notes. That's interesting. And see, that should give me some relief that they got one thing right. But actually, it does the opposite because I think this is what people do a lot of times is they'll say something that is factually correct, like heart disease is the leading cause of fatalities, so that then when they add their recommendation on what fixes it, the first part's true, so it leads you to think the second part is. You are absolutely right. So yes, they've got the first part correct. So now my second search was to think about exactly what you've just said, really, and the omega-3, 6, and 9 supplements. Are they actually going to reduce our risk of heart disease? So when I searched just omega-3, 6, 9 supplements, Mrs. Google did not give me anything very much, Uh, nothing concrete. The only thing I really picked up from that particular Google search was that if I was pregnant, trying to be pregnant, or breastfeeding, I should avoid these supplements. That's interesting, just because they don't want your baby to have too much omega? Well, I I guess so, because that wasn't really what we were investigating, and I was trying to keep myself on track, I didn't go down and explore that. I think sometimes when the medical profession isn't entirely sure about whether something's safe for pregnancy or for breastfeeding, they err on the side of caution. That was really all I found from that first search. So the next search I did was, I thought... Perhaps I need to take out the three, six and nine, which are particular kind of supplement here and just put in omega supplements and cardiac benefit. And here I found a little bit more 
I found that in 2016, for example, across the world, there was about $35 billion spent on omega supplements. Not specifically 369 supplements, because that's really a branded formulation, but omega supplements in general. So that's quite a lot. I was just going to say, you could say that that means it's a mega big deal. Oh. <laughs> God, that was definitely a dad joke. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a lot of money. And because there are so many people taking these supplements, that actually has given the scientific community, the medical profession, some ability to do some research in this because they've got a lot of people out in the world using these supplements. And again, I'll put this resource in the show notes, but I'm seeing words like might confer benefits will be minimal. Certainly not take the stuff and it's going to prevent you from dying from heart disease. And in those research papers that suggested there might be small benefits, they tended to err on the side of if you already have heart disease, there might be a small benefit to you. They did not seem to be suggesting we should all be taking these supplements and it would stop us from getting heart disease. There doesn't seem to be any evidence for that. When you said there would likely be minimal if there is a benefit, the the statement originally in this video said will greatly reduce your risk. So it definitely is not in the great zone, it sounds like. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yes, it did indeed. That It says you'll greatly reduce your risk. So no, the research into this suggests if any benefits, and there won't necessarily be benefits, but if there are any benefits, they will be minimal. Very interesting. So I hate to say it, Zero for two so far. I'd say zero for two. So now, Tess, I'm going to ask you to do a quick search. So the third item in this TikTok was a simple hack to get rid of them. And that is actually what they said. A simple hack to get rid of them puffy dark circles around your eyes. And the picture was a picture of iron supplements. So what are you going to put into your search? Um, okay, so the problem that the person who's reading this is trying to fix is them puffy dark circles around your eyes. I guess I would search dark circles, eyes, um, and I guess causes. What's causing that? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think that sounds great. Oh, go for it. We'll listen while you type. I have this one from the Mayo Clinic. And what's interesting is there's a lot of, I didn't realise there are quite so many reasons that one could have puffy dark circles. It says dermatitis, genetics, which is really interesting because it's not a whole lot you can really do to fix genetics. Uh, getting older, lack of sleep. Ha, that's great, Tess. So when you said your search terms, I did the same so that I could see what you came up with. And I see that list. Yeah, we've got fatigue in there, which if you feel fatigued, that is caused by something else. And that could be a lack of iron. But you're right, they've got a huge long list of things of which lack of iron isn't mentioned at all. It's kind of maybe part of the fatigue reference. But that genetics one, for instance, that you mentioned, yeah, if you think about it, when you see some people, some people naturally have darker circles under their eyes, don't they? Yeah, it was in pop culture because I'm not sure if you know the name Pete Davidson. I do. Ha ha! Oh, very impressed, ma'am. Um, He's on SNL, I believe, and dates yeah. um, a Kardashian. Uh, okay, we'll give you half credit for that. He at one, he very briefly dated Kim Kardashian. Okay, okay. Um, but when he was dating Ariana Grande, Pete Davidson has quite dark circles around his eyes, and this publication called Barstool 
put a headline that said Ariana Grande out with her boyfriend who has eyes. Oh, God. Yeah. What we've got here is a great big long list of things that can cause dark circles under the eyes. Iron's not even mentioned. Okay, let's be generous. It could be a cause of fatigue, but the dark circles under your eyes are, according to the list that the Mayo Clinic I can see gives you, I think it gives 15 common causes. So taking this supplement, you might get lucky. 14 chances out of 15 that actually it's not going to be caused by an iron deficiency. Yeah, so when it says a simple hack, it's like, well, it's not really a simple hack. You have a 1 in 15 chance of even having the right reason for why you have these dark circles, let alone will the supplement even help. Exactly. Now, to be fair, we don't know in that list of the Mayo Clinic's common causes, relatively speaking, for how many people is dermatitis the cause and how many people is genetics the cause, but we just know that these 15 are given as the common causes, the most common causes. So that's why we're sort of roughly using this, you got a 1 in 15 chance of being correct with iron. So I would say that we probably don't need to search that anymore because it's just not very likely that that's the cause. What do you think? Yeah, because it seems the only way to like prove that this is true would be to get a bunch of people with dark circles around their eyes and give them iron supplements. But then you'd have to control for their diet and their lifestyle. It just seems like it would be so hard to actually prove this. I agree. I love that, by the way. Controlling for other factors. Oh, yes. Lovely. Single variable studies. Brilliant, Tess. Oh, I love it. I've been using these science terms in my regular life and I just feel like I sound quite smart now. Absolutely. You've always sounded smart, just to be clear, but you, now you sound sciencey. Love it. Thank you. That's because that's because we have British accents. Right? <laughs> uh, sometimes that does definitely work for us, doesn't it? Makes us sound smarter <laughs> than we really are. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, so I hate to say it. Well, I don't really hate to say it, actually. Zero for three. I would say zero for three. What did you think about the last statement? So the last one was, if you suffer from brain fog and stress, this will get you back to peak cognitive function. And it was another supplement. So there's a a theme here. All right. So as you did such a beautiful search last time, what might you try and search this time? Um, Okay. So the thing you're suffering from is brain fog and stress. So my search would be brain fog causes, stress causes. What gets you there in the first place? Yeah, I think that's a great place to start because this makes me think a little bit of the previous one where we're saying if iron is the answer what causes the black circles to occur under the eyes and if the only cause was an iron deficiency then iron would be the answer or here if there's this one treatment that will cure your brain fog we have to know what causes brain fog And, and I would suggest if one treatment cures brain fog I would expect your search to show up that there's only one cause of brain fog. Because otherwise, if there are 15 different causes of brain fog, you'd expect there to be a lot of different treatments for brain fog, wouldn't you? Yeah. And also it has stress in there, which is so general, right? What if you have a really stressful job? Just taking this supplement isn't going to make your job less stressful, I would assume? Yeah, that's what this nurse who we believe was fired from the NHS is telling us, that this supplement is going to cure you of any type of stress, any type of brain fog. Honestly, Mum, I'm kind of behind her firing at the moment. It seems like she's she was pushing a lot of unfounded supplements to some poor uh, <laughs> hospital goers. I think you're right, Tess. So tell me, because we've decided that if there's one treatment, then we're expecting brain fog causes to come up with one cause. Type away. 
All right, so the article I found is from WebMD, which I know the joke is that WebMD will diagnose you with everything under the sun, but it seems to be a pretty good resource, right? We've discussed it previously. Well, yes, and just to be clear, the reason WebMD will diagnose you or can diagnose you with anything under the sun is because oftentimes when we look at symptoms, there are 15, 50 different causes of having a headache or feeling nauseous or do you see what I mean? So it's not actually that WebMD is wrong. What WebMD just doesn't always explain is which are the most common, which are the least common. But what does WebMD tell us here? Well, interestingly, before it even gets to the causes, it it says brain fog isn't a medical condition. So that right off the bat is interesting because she's trying to recommend a supplement, an attempt at a medication to correct this medical condition that's not a condition at all so that's really interesting that's fascinating i love that test great spot thank you um and so then when you look at the actual causes it says pregnancy which i have heard baby brain was famous after the Meghan markle kate middleton dust up over that do you remember that okay i don't remember that but okay (laughs) um so the first one it lists is pregnancy and then multiple cirrhosis medication cancer and cancer treatment menopause, chronic fatigue syndrome, depression, sleep, and lupus. Yes, okay, so I just, hang on. So I've just got to the same same site, and yeah, I can see all those. Oh, hormonal changes. I suppose menopause might be a time when you've got hormonal changes, so you kind of mentioned that. Uh, allergies, diet, mm. anxiety. Wow, that list is massive, isn't it, Tess? I mean, I hate to say it, but it seems like almost everything can cause a little bit of brain fog. (laughs) Yes, it doesn't even say having three glasses of Chardonnay. I know. I I imagine the poor brain is like, I work so hard every single day. I just get a little bit foggy sometimes and you won't even let me be. You're trying to give me this supplement. Agreed, Tess. Agreed. We abuse it, I think, sometimes. But today, not us. We're using our brains quite nicely now, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no brain fog here, and I didn't need the supplement. (laughs) So I think we've almost proven our case here. We've said, look, there are just a gazillion different reasons for having this thing called brain fog, which the medical profession doesn't even like that term anyway. It's so unclear. It really doesn't say what it is. But if there are so many different reasons for having this lack of cognitive function, which we sort of call brain fog sometimes, then it's exceedingly unlikely, isn't it, that one supplement could cure you from the brain fog caused from hypothyroidism to lupus to allergies to menopause to stress. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. It seems such a broad thing that that selling somebody this one thing will get them back to peak cognitive function is just quite an outlandish claim, I'd say. It is quite an outlandish claim. So whilst we were talking, I was just multitasking a little bit. I typed into Google genius mind supplements. And of course, nothing that you find there is useful. It's all trying to sell you the stuff. So the last thing, we'll close out our conversation and I'll mention a different way of searching, which our listeners might be interested in. If you're looking for something a bit more sciencey, you're doing your regular Google search, maybe it's just throwing up web pages. It's not giving you anything that's really top quality, deep dives into science. Our listeners can try something called googlescholar.com. And if you search in googlescholar.com, you get to more heavy duty science resources. So it can be quite a useful place to go. I just, whilst we were chatting, typed in 
Genius Mind supplement, because that's the name of this supplement that our fired nurse was telling us is the best thing ever. And I typed that into googlescholar.com, thinking if there has been research carried out on this product, it will appear in googlescholar.com. Okay, and I am going to guess here, I don't want to jump the gun, but I'm going to guess there's no research. Correct. Correct. Oh, <laughs> um, and what's even crazier is not only is there no research on this supplement, but guess who is selling it in their Amazon storefront and gets a cut of each sale? I assume you mean this nurse, whoever this nurse may be. Yes. They're getting a kickback if we go and buy it from there. Yes, this supposed nurse of 14 years who was fired from the NHS, which, again, I don't buy because if you click the profile, it's just photos of all different nurses who've all been fired, supposedly, from different places. So I'm not really buying that. But whoever's running this account has a link in their bio that goes to their Amazon storefront where every supplement that they've mentioned, they are selling. And, you know, I saw something recently that said, beware of people who tell you that they're the solution to your problem or something like that. And this person basically saying, oh, these massive things like kidney failure and heart disease and puffy circles and brain fog, I can cure all of them with my supplements, just buy them from my Amazon. Definitely be wary of that. Yeah, it's a modern day version, I think, of the snake oil salesman. It is. We'll call it the supplement oil salesman. Yeah, let's go with that. All right. Well, as always, we could talk for longer. And as always, it has been great fun. So I think we should finish here and let our listeners go about their day, hopefully watching some good, inspirational, well-founded TikToks. And any that aren't, of course, it would be great if they sent us those and we can review them. All right. What are we going to record next week? Well, I'm glad you asked that. We're going to revisit some bits and pieces from previous episodes. I'm happy to say that I don't think that we've got anything horribly wrong so far. But since recording several of these episodes... I've become acquainted with more pieces of research, perhaps more science has been done, and I think we've got some interesting updates. Yeah, definitely. We said very early on in this podcast that we're making the best decisions we can or that we're sharing the information we have in the moment, but that can always change. And so I actually think it's going to be quite fun to go back and review and make notes of any changes or more information that's come out on certain topics. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes, as scientists, we're always going to be open-minded and we're always going to be collecting more evidence so we can hopefully provide an even clearer picture on things. Love it. All righty. Have a wonderful day, daughter, and I will speak to you next week. Sounds good, Mum. I will speak to you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Who Told You That podcast. If you liked today's episode, it would be so helpful to us if you could give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you've got a question for us or maybe have a TikTok video you want us to check out, send us an Instagram DM at the Who Told You That podcast. Or you can send us a message through our website, wtytpod.com. And don't forget to subscribe. And as a reminder, our conversation here aims to pass along some interesting science and help you develop your sciencey thinking muscles. Neither of us are medical doctors or any type of healthcare professional. So we're absolutely not providing medical advice. You should see your medically qualified professional for that. And whilst all content provided is given in good faith, based on the scientific knowledge base available at the time of recording, if we misspeak or further research changes our understanding or that of the scientific community, we'll try our best to make any necessary corrections, either in a future episode or in our show notes. See See you next time. time!